Good evening and welcome back to our Bible study as we're going to continue in Job. Starting to read at verse 1 of Job chapter 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, May the day of my birth perish in the night it was said, A boy is born. That day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine upon it. May darkness and deep shadows claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May the blackness overwhelm its light. That night may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor entered in any of the months. May that night be barren, and may no shout of joy be heard in it. May those who curse days curse that day, those who are ready to rouse Levithanth. May its morning stars become dark, may it wait for daylight in vain, and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut, it did not, for it did not shut the doors of the womb on me, to hide trouble from my eyes. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? Why were there knees to receive me, and breasts that I might be nursed? For now I would be laying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest, with kings and counsellors of the earth, who built for themselves places now lying in ruins, with rulers who had gold, who filled their houses with silver. Or why was I not hidden in the ground, like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day. There the wicked cease from torment, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also enjoy their ease. They no longer hear the slave driver's shouts. The small and the great are there, and the slave is freed from his master. Why has light? Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter of soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in? For sighing comes to me instead of food. My groans pour out like water. What I feel has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, but only turmoil. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for this, your word, and we just ask that as we come to this one, it can be a difficult passage, that you will just open it up to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might hear the words that you would have us hear. Our Father, we just bring these things before you now, in the name of Jesus we ask it. Amen. Well, so we come to this passage in this chapter 3, and I've titled it Job's Soliloquy. We now come to the poetic section of the book of Job, and that begins with Job speaking in the presence of his three friends, three friends who have come to sympathize with him and to comfort him. And we're going to hear what Job says as we look at this chapter, and we're going to split it into three sections. Verse 3 through to 10, we're going to look at what we can call Job's lament. 
11 through to 19, Job questions his own existence. And in verse 20 to the end of the chapter, verse 26, Job's question is, why does anyone exist? But first, let's turn to the end of chapter 2 for context as we move into chapter 3. So Job 2, verse 13. And these are his friends. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him, because they saw how great his suffering was. Then we come into verse 1 of chapter 3. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. He said, let's just pause for a moment. You see, Job here is about to speak. His friends have not spoken to him. And when Job speaks, he's not speaking to them. He's actually speaking to himself. This is Job's soliloquy. And in it, he tells us that he cursed the day of his birth. What he did also tells us what he did not do. What he did was to curse the day of his birth. What he did not do was what his wife had told him that he should do. She said, curse God and die. He didn't do what Satan wanted him to do. Satan wanted him to curse God to his face. What Job did not do was that he did not curse God. So we need to keep that in mind as we go through the the rest of this book. And here in this section, he curses the day of his birth. So we come to that section, verse 3 to 10, where we hear Job's lament. And in these verses, Job, in his agony, is saying, it would have been better for me if I had never been born. He goes on, he says, May the day of my birth perish in the night that said a boy is conceived. So Job here, he's not saying, I wish I were dead. He is saying, I wish that I had never been born. And he is looking back to the beginning of not just the beginning of his life. He's looking back to the day of his conception. He's questioning his very existence. You know, the writer to the book of Ecclesiastes asks similar questions. He starts his book, uh, Ecclesiastes 1, verse 1 and 2, by saying this, Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And Job's question is, Why am I here? What meaning is there to my life? And you know, later Job will extend this thought to question, is there any meaning to any part of anybody's life? You've got to remember that Job is not having a deep theological debate with himself. Job is crying out in the midst of great physical pain, great mental agony and spiritual uncertainty. And this was a pitiful sight for his three friends to witness. And I mean pitiful in every sense of the word. Their 
esteemed, well-balanced friend who has lived what they have seen as being the godly life of a man, a man who is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and a man who has been greatly blessed by God. They now see a man who, after having all his material possessions taken from him, is reduced to sitting alone in great pain, having his health taken from him. And he's looking like death warmed up. Cursing. And he's cursing not only the day of his birth, but the day of his conception. He's asking God, why did you allow my parents to bring me into this world? Why did you not remove from them the blessing that they had when I was brought into this world? In the poetic words of Job, why did you not remove the light and make it dark? You know, this is a strong request, and it's a request that is contrary to God's plan. What did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. Light has come into the world. What happened in Genesis 1, verse 3 to 4? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Is Job wanting God to reverse his act of creation? Verse 4. That day may it turn to darkness. May God above not care about it. May no light shine on it. That day that Job is talking about is the day of his conception. His wish is that it had never happened. He would like the event to be removed, to be forgotten. It should never have happened. Let Job tell us in his own words what he thinks about that day. Verse 5. May the gloom and utter darkness claim it once more. May a cloud settle over it. May blackness overwhelm it. That night may thick darkness seize it. May it not be included among the days of the year, nor be entered in any of the months. May the night be barren. May no shout of joy be heard in it. This is the night of his birth he's talking about. This is that the conception of his birth should never have happened. And verse 8 he says, May those who curse days curse that day. Those who are ready to rouse Leviathan. The reference to the Leviathan is, is a reference to what is seen to be a troublesome, dangerous, evil monster that has come into his life. You know, we sometimes use animal terminology to get points over to people, such as we might say, like a bull in a china shop, or I'm as hungry as a horse. And this is to describe our actions and our desires in a way that people can understand. And Job is using poetry to, to get these points over. And verse 9 he says, May its morning stars become dark, may it wait for daylight in vain, and not see the first rays of dawn. For it did not shut the doors of the womb on me, to hide trouble from my eyes. Job 
laments his conception. And now he questions why this had to result in his birth. So we come to verse 11 through to 19 and Job is questioning here his very existence. Is life meaningless? So verse 11 is a question. Why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? This is a drastic cry, a cry of desperation. Saying it would have been better if I had been born dead. You know, these are heart-rending words. But they are an expression of Job's present state of mind. He feels that God has deserted him. He's looking for answers. Why is this happening? Has he done something to offend God? Has God left him because he has become a disappointment to God? Verse 12. Why were there knees to receive me and breasts that I might be nursed? For I know I would be lying down in peace. For now I would be lying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest. You see, this is the... the the joy of his birth, that he have a, a, a loving parents to receive him, to take him onto their knees. The, he had a loving mother who would nurture him and nurse him and look after him. That's what he means when, in a poetic way, he says, Why were there knees to receive me and a breast that I might be nursed? For now I would be lying down in peace. I would be asleep and at rest. You see, this is a description of the start of a journey that Job now is wishing and preferring not to have travelled. The steps from a baby to a boy to a man. If he had died at birth, he would have been at rest now and not in the state that he's in. Job at present is living with no respite from his physical pain and his mental anguish. He's longing for rest, any kind of rest. He's thinking of a rest that he has missed out by being born. He can't find any rest now. And in these, these his darkest hours, he seems to have no thought for the blessings that he and that for that matter, his parents or, or his wife or his family, the blessing that they had received. He is totally engrossed in his present situation. And he is afraid of the future. We will see that as we go through. So here's a question for us to pause at just for a few moments. The question is, what do you think about the things that Job is saying? Do you think that he's right to be saying these things? And in addition to that, with what we have heard him say, what advice have you got that you could give him? I want us to keep asking ourselves these questions as we listen to what else he has to say. 
as he looks for a place of rest. A place where successful men have gone before him. Verse 14 and 15. With kings and rulers of the earth who built for themselves places now lying in ruins. With princes who had gold who filled their houses with silver. He thinks about those who have died and are at rest. And he's saying, why did I not go there at birth? Let's read verse 16 through to verse, verse, through to verse 19. Or why was I not hidden away in the ground like a stillborn child, like an infant who never saw the light of day? There the wicked cease from turmoil, and there the weary are at rest. Captives also enjoy their ease, they no longer hear the slave drivers shout. The small and the great are there, and the slaves are free from their owners. Job's thinking, would it have been better if I had never been born? You know, when the Lord freed his people from slavery and led them out of Egypt, at the first signs of trouble, this is what they said. This is in Exodus 16, verse 1 to 3. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. You see, the first sign of trouble, the troubles they had previously begin to look attractive. In reality, they weren't. They'd been slaves. You see, they, they didn't understand what God was doing in their lives. They looked for an alternative. That was to go back. They lost faith. And they blamed God. We see that. But here, Job also didn't understand what God was doing. Job also is looking, he's searching for an alternative. His faith was being shaken. But Job did not blame God. Job has been asking the question, why was I born? And Job now progresses his thoughts on into another question. We find this in verse 20 through to 26, and I've titled this Job. Job's question is, why does anyone exist? Verse 20 and 21. In fact, let's read through from verse 20 through to 23 as we consider these things. Why is light given to those in misery and life to the bitter soul? To those who long for death that does not come, who search for it more than for hidden treasure, who are filled with gladness and rejoice when they reach the grave. Why, why is life given to a man whose way is hidden from God, whom is hidden, whom God has hedged in? Let me read that again, that verse 23. Why is life given to a man whose way is hidden, whom God has hedged in. 
Here, Job asks three questions. Job now realizes that he is not the only one who has suffered. We read in Job chapter 1, verse 1, something about Job. We read that he was the greatest man among all the people of the earth. This means that he was privileged and respected and he held a position. And in that position, he would have heard many sad stories of people who were suffering. And on some occasions, he probably would have been there to offer his help to them. People who are feeling like he is feeling now, living a hard life with a bitter soul and a longing for death. His reference to being hedged in is a contrast to the reference of God having put a protective hedge around him. Job now sees that he has a hedge around him which is preventing him from escaping from his misery. And in his closing words, he thinks of how at that time when he was maybe helping these other people, his fear then was probably that he might become like one of them. And now he sees himself as being one of them. Let's read through verse 24 through to 26. For sighing has become my daily food. My groans pour out like water. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. In Job's mind, it would have been better for him not to have lived. If he had not lived, he would not have failed God. There must be a reason for this happening to him, and it must be a fault on his part. It must be a fault on Job's part. He must have failed God some way. He's now regretting having lived, because if he dies, he doesn't want to die having failed God. Now, while none of his assumptions are true, this reveals to us the love that he has for his Lord. His fear of the Lord is a fear that he has failed the Lord. Through all of what we and others might see as being a negative attitude from Job, Job still holds on to his original belief, the belief that he puts his trust in, the truth of those words that he's already uttered. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Job's trust is still in these words, the Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Why? Well, he trusts in them because he knows and believes that the Lord has a right to do this, even if Job doesn't understand why. In the next part, may the name of the Lord be praised. Why did he say, say that? Why does he believe that? Because of whom? God is. He is the Lord who is worthy of our praise. 
and he is still worthy of praise from Job. You know, before we hear what his friends think about what Job has said, let us go back to the question that we asked of ourselves. And let us take this question away with us. And as I said, let us carry it with us as we go through the book of Job. And this is the question. What do you and I think about the things that Job is saying? Do you and I think he is right to say these things? And what would you or I say to him as he finished his soliloquy? Let's pray. Our Father, we just pray for the guidance of your Holy Spirit as we look at these chapters of Job. I ask that you will open our hearts to the truth that is held within them and that we might see the depth of them. And through it we might see a loving and a caring and a worthy God who is worthy of our praise. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.